Before we get into today's episode of Forward Thinking Founders, I want to tell you a little bit about Crash, our sponsor. So what happens when you want to get a job? You know, you either just quit a job, you just got laid off, you're graduating college, what do you do? Well, usually you fill out a resume, you spruce up your LinkedIn profile, and you start submitting resumes to companies by the dozen, just hoping to get a response, hoping a recruiter reaches out to you. Well, let me tell you, that process of finding a job is history. And what's the new process? It's called Crash. Crash is a new way to land a job. What you do is you go to crash.co, you make a profile, right? You input your skills, make a video pitching yourself, you know, make yourself look good on Crash Profile. And then when you're ready to find a job, you launch. Just like a product on Product Hunt launches to the world, people who are looking for jobs launch on Crash. They're called crashers. And once they're launched, people can upvote them. And it's a really fun thing. But what this does is it turns the job hunt into an event. And let me tell you, it is so effective. There are tons of people that are launching on Crash that are finding jobs much faster than they would have otherwise at better companies. You can tailor pitches to companies. And it is just one of the, one of the coolest platforms I've ever seen. On the flip side, if you're a company and you're a startup and you're hiring um, for a position, what's the most important thing to look for um, in a in a position, right? Is aptitude. You want someone who's going to get in there, learn, and have a learning rate that's that's off the charts. So you're looking for high aptitude, and everyone launching on Crash is so impressive. You just go to crash.co, browse who's launching it, and I'm positive you're gonna find a writer or a designer or a programmer who impresses you. So I promise you, if you're trying to get a job or if you're trying to hire entry-level talent and beyond, the best place on the internet to do that is crash.co. Thank you again, Crash, for being a sponsor of Forward Thinking Founders. Now let's get into the show. All right, how is it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we interview founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, we are talking to Ruben Harris, who is the CEO and co-founder of Career Karma. Ruben, how's it going? I'm honored to be here on a Sunday. They say success on Monday starts on Sunday, so I'm um, here thinking forward with my brother here, so thank you for the, for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for for coming on. I'm really excited to um, chat with you, specifically because you're you're heads down deep in the future of work in this technical kind of world. How about you give all the listeners an idea of what Career Karma is to start? Yeah, so Career Karma is an app that helps people become software engineers by matching them to coding boot camps and giving them support for the rest of their careers. The way that we match people to coding boot camps is through a three-week pre-training process called the 21-Day CK Challenge that you could look up on Twitter and see thousands of people talking about. And the way that we give people support is by putting them into small groups called squads in our app of about 5 to 20 people that essentially function as an accountability system. On the flip side, we give software for the coding boot camps and the job training programs as well. And we essentially function as a way to give them qualified candidates, but also 
um, insight into what people need before they get into the program and also wraparound support after a student gets accepted and help for the job search. Can you give me an idea of over the last, let's say, decade, what has happened in, in technical training, training people to be developers, which has allowed Career Karma to even exist, kind of the rise of boot camps? Yeah, yeah I mean, I think, uh, so my, my co-founders did boot camps called um, Hack Reaction App Academy in the beginning of the industry. Um, we discovered them through our buddy uh, who had left the investment bank um, and went to Flatiron School. But essentially, the, the first era of boot camps was essentially um, full-time training programs that would, that essentially said, we're going to teach you exactly what companies need in three months. So essentially, you quit your job, you pay me ten to $20,000, and I'm going to get you a job in three months. And that was like the boot camp 1.0 hour. But the amount of people that have ten twenty thousand dollars in their pocket is limited, and uh, we started moving into this this era of of well, well actually it wasn't just the the money thing it still stayed expensive uh, people couldn't always do full time so the next era was um, how do we make this more flexible so people started launching online bootcamp programs not just for software engineering but for design and data science and things like that so it was like we could do it part-time we could do it full-time we could do it self-paced and in person so that was the next era but still that was only accessible to a certain amount of people um, it was better for like working moms or dads that couldn't do something full-time but they had to figure out what is going to make it more accessible so they started launching still in this era scholarships they did do living stipends they did do some government funded things um but i think the biggest catalyst today is the 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 financing innovation called an income share agreement also known as an isa for the people that don't know what an isa is it's essentially a promise that says hey i believe in you and i believe in what i know how to teach and i promise i'm going to get you a job above a certain salary if you don't get a job, you don't have to pay a dime. If you do get a job, then the tuition comes out of your new salary. And there's nuances depending on which training program it is. But I would argue that the majority of people that are in job training programs, specifically coding boot camps, are in a part-time online program powered by an income share agreement. And many, many, many schools are, are, have them now. Yeah, so I, th I think I think that's that's an error. And I think the the other thing that people don't talk about as much is universities launching their own boot camps. Uh, so you see like Trilogy, you see um, schools like Flatiron School partnering with Yale. You see um, you see full stack partnering with universities and things like that. And I think the biggest thing that I think is going to be even bigger than all of that is actually. Uh, employers getting involved. So you see like corporate training, um, there's billions and billions and billions of dollars that go towards this. You see Amazon starting their own boot camps and spending a lot of money to reskill people. Um, so that's going to be an interesting phenomenon. So to your point, uh, the reason why career karma can exist is because we're going towards an era where people don't go to one school forever anymore. And they go from school to school to school. They don't stay in one job forever any, anymore. So they go from one job every one to three years. And so people need guidance and they don't just, and job training alone isn't gonna get them to where they wanna go. They need um, support from individuals to help them have discipline. They need 
insights and all kinds of other things. I, I'm curious, what have you learned as, since you've started Career Karma and you, know, you went through YC, you're growing um, and you're, you're blowing up on Twitter all the time. Uh, like, what is something about the rapid changing of the education uh, system, specifically the, the technical training for software developers, data scientists, et cetera, that you didn't necessarily expect, but now that you're in the thick of it, you're like, oh, wow, like, this is really interesting. I wonder what this is, where this is going to go. Well, I mean, I didn't touch about this when we were talking about the last decade, but if you think about the way recruiting is done at companies, it's historically been done directly out of universities. Right. And not just every university, it was just like the top quote unquote universities, like the most elite universities. So if you didn't go to an Ivy League school, if you didn't go to uh, a top state school, it was very difficult for you to even prove that you had the skills, even if you had it. So it was like kind of, it, it's on one hand, like you could be like, oh man, it's discriminatory blah, 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 on if you're not going to those schools. But on the other hand, you could think about it more like the schools, I mean, the companies were trying to come up with a filter for the thousands of applications that sometimes they get per day. And then they add another filter with the GPA and the SAT and all these other things. But we all know that those filters are actually not that great. And there's arguably more talent that never went to those institutions that have terrible grades as well. Um, for me, as someone that didn't go to an Ivy League school, before I was in, in boot camps, I had to break into investment banking. That's very similar. And so I had to figure out a way to get into these different spaces. And so what I would say, uh, bringing it back to your question, is that um, companies are starting to realize that their old approach of focusing only on the elite universities and the quote-unquote top students is actually missing talent. And even if they did hire every single candidate that met that filter, it wouldn't be enough to fill the open jobs. So they have to proactively seek alternatives through vocational training or build their own talent by partnering with schools or launching their own programs to train people from scratch. As the industry progresses, where, what do you think Career Karma is going to transform to or evolve into as the as this industry progresses? You know, at a million miles per hour. I guess what's the the short term to midterm vision for Career Karma for you? Yeah, I mean, yes, vocational training is going to continue to grow in technical roles, but I think it's going to grow bigger in non technical roles. If you think about just if you think about um, the jobs that exist in tech, a lot of them never existed before. And most of the world doesn't even know what those roles are. And if they do know what those roles are, they don't know the skills that are required to get into those roles. And even if they do know the skills that are required to get into those roles, they don't know where to get the training to get the skills to get into those roles. And even if they have the skills and they know what those roles are, they don't have the relationships that give them the opportunity to demonstrate that they have the skills to get into those roles, right? That's right. So like that, that's, that's something that's going to um, be extremely important for people to understand what's out there. So I think uh, first, non-technical roles are going to be bigger in the future of work, uh, just like they are today. Um, I think that, um, I think that 
career karma in the future will not just serve people that want to become software engineers. We'll be able to support anyone that wants to pursue any career that they want to. And not only will they be able to identify what roles exist in tech in their area, they'll be able to find the training. They'll be able to find people that are like them that have the training. They'll find people that are like them that are in the training programs. They'll find people that are preparing for the training programs. And if they're just curious, they'll have content to be able to educate themselves about that stuff. So for Career Karma, we, we aren't in the business of predicting what jobs are going to exist in the future. We are here to um, help people make their most important career decisions. The first decision is which job training program is best for them, starting with coding boot camps. And so what won't change is people wanting to know what the roles are, who are the people in the roles, and how to get into those training programs um, forever. And so that's, that's essentially how we think about it. Um, right now we're an app. I definitely see ourselves having um, the desktop app. I see um, everything that currently exists in the app and profiles. We already have over 40,000 people in the app right now. Um, all over the internet um, will be like a it'll be like LinkedIn for the invisible workforce um, but way bigger than that that's quite a vision uh, and you're painting it clearly uh, and it's it, you're kind of like kind of making the connections on how that will be possible and I think it's fascinating that's one of the, the reasons I love this show is these founders come on and they just say something that they've been thinking about all the time and then it's just eureka moment so that's awesome Something I want to dive into that I've been very interested in um, is you mentioned a couple of minutes ago, uh, maybe 10 minutes ago, that you need to know what skills are available, then you need to know how to skill up, you need to know where to skill up. And then the last point you mentioned was you need the relationships, you need the access to, it doesn't matter if you're the best software developer in the world, if you live somewhere and you can't reach the people that are going to hire you, doesn't matter. And yeah. at that hits home a little bit for me, like growing up and living in Phoenix, Arizona, it's, you know, it, oftentimes you can, I, I see a lot of people with tons of skills, but they can't like break into the Silicon Valley world or, you know, the New York world or something like that. So I'm kind of interested to hear where do you see, it can be, it can be career karma, but it could also be, it just be any trend. Where do you see the, the, the world of access going, and is the Y Combinator model, the Teal Fellowship model, the like building a moat network, um, and then kind of kind of forcing access through going through something like that. Is that going to become more common over the next, you know, couple of years or decades as as tech permeates across the world? I think that um, I mean I'm a Y Combinator graduate. Um, I think the Teal Fellow model. I think the pioneers, uh, the job training programs, I think all these programs are going to become more in vogue. Um, the problem with them is that only a small percentage of people get in, right? And there's nothing wrong with that because that's how they run their program. However, the people that get rejected all have hopes and dreams too, right? And just because you got rejected, I mean, be, to be real, we got rejected the first time we got uh, applied to Y Combinator, you know, doesn't mean that we're incompetent. We applied again and got in, right? But how many people have the psychological strength to pick themselves back up and go hard again after being devastated, right? And so if you think about the majority of people that are applying to things, the majority of them are actually getting rejected. The majority of people that apply to a company get rejected. The majority of people that apply to a college get rejected. 
the majority of people that apply to most things get rejected. So for Career Karma, we want to be able to capture not just the people that get accepted, but also get capture the people who get rejected so they don't feel like rejects, but they are aware of why they got rejected and they know what they need to do in order to fill the gaps to be able to try again and do what they've always wanted to do, All right? I think if you do that, that changes a lot of things. So, but to, to answer your question, I think that um, communities will become, so I don't know if you heard that, I think communities will become more in vogue, right? I think communities um, are, are very important, um, but the, because they're exclusive, a lot of people are left out, which is part of the reason why we created Career Company. So that's fantastic. I want to go a little level up, a little, a little above career karma and above kind of this technical ISA bootcamp industry. Just talk about trends in the in the world or in technology or anything like that that interests you. It could be within the future of work, it could be future of education, or it could be something totally, totally um, kind of random. But what are some things happening in the world or in technology that pique your interest and uh, you think something's happening there? Yeah, I think that um, I think the role of government being present inside of technology is um, very interesting to me. Um, so if you think about America Job Corps, right? There's like an 18 billion dollar failed program that really didn't help many people, or like multi-billion dollar. I don't know the exact number, but largely failed program for that was designed to help people get jobs. Um, but their heart was in the right place. So, like, I think it's, it's on one hand, we like, oh, it's terrible. But, like, they tried, right? But I would argue most people in tech don't even know that they tried. They don't even know about that. And then the tech people that want to work with government, a lot of them don't even know about Job Corps or One Source Centers or Workforce Development Boards and things like that. So I think people are starting to become aware. And I think that there's one side of government and tech where governments like break up all the tech companies and you can see that as a bad thing but on the flip side you're also starting to see government and technology working together to figure out how they can help people right so like it's i think if you think about government as an entity to protect its people or to provide social services a lot of these tech companies are focusing on creating problems to solve or to create social services for people. So if there's a way, you know, you know, what's funny about this and I know I'm rambling a little bit. One of the ideas I was thinking about since career comes a social network for people becoming software engineers and cutting bootcamps, an idea I was toying with for the name was uh, social security. And if you think about, you know, that is because we're not teaching people how to work for companies. We're teaching people how to work for each other. We all we got. That's right? fantastic. Yeah. No. And so, um, so government's one thing. I think government is one thing. I think the other one is, um, uh, in, well, this, let me continue on government a little bit. If you think about most things that have been created by technology, they have been nice to have historically. Um, but now we're starting to creep into things that are more need to have that are in like, food, healthcare, education, transportation, space, all these things like that are highly regulated spaces, which is exciting and scary at the same time. 
And so that's that's fascinating to me. Another thing that's fascinating to me is global connectivity, um, global internet connectivity, because we actually only half the world's connected to the internet. Like half the like if we've had this much change with half the world connected to the internet, imagine what happens when everyone's connected to the internet. That's also exciting and scary at the same time. All right. So I think that's going to be a big deal. I'm also fascinated by remote work. I think remote work is a very big deal. Uh, people not having to up and leave their current location to get to where they want to go. I think that's a very big deal. Um, and I just, I think that overall, like the ones that we're in around workforce development is around not like this return to vocational training and apprenticeships and helping people figure out how to do what they love. I would argue most people in the world aren't doing what they love. They're doing what they have to in order to pay the bills. Um, and if we live in a world where all your bills are taken care of, but you had to work, what would you do? And so I, I like to think deeply about that. I have a couple more questions for you. So you have had an awesome journey so far. It's only the beginning. You have you've, you've a long ways to go to make the impact that you want to have. I'm kind of interested to know in what way did mentors or role models play a role in your your personal growth in your company's growth and if you're open to it i'd love to hear you know a couple of people who who were really impactful on your rise so far and hopefully will be uh in for the ride you know as far as you go yeah um so in our first in the first blog post that we wrote the breaking into startups blog post that we wrote before we launched career karma for the people that don't know we have a podcast called breaking into startups that we created that essentially shares not just our story about how we broke into tech but also the stories of others from not traditional backgrounds that broke in um after we we did that um people kept asking about personal boards of directors and mentorship um and so i have mentors that are seasoned um meaning they've been in the game for a long time I have mentors that are one step above me, meaning like maybe you raised the Series A. Um, I have mentors that are at my level, that are growing their companies more than 10% every week. Um, I have some mentors that um, are investors that believe in our idea and they want to fund the dream with no questions asked. I have mentors that are not in tech at all, like my father, like my pastors, like my teachers, like my cello teacher, like my jujitsu teacher, right? Um, I would think about mentors like people that you check in with maybe once to four times a year and coaches as someone that you check in like every day. And so I have those as well. Um, and part of the reason why and I didn't say this, everybody that downloads the Career Karma app gets assigned a personalized coach, human, that check is, checks in with them frequently is because what's constant in this world is change. And so it's easy to overestimate these seasoned mentors that are going to be with you for, that have been in the game for years. But the people that are actually most tactical are people that have just done what you're trying to do, that are one step above you, that can give you guidance to get there. Because 
they just did it. Like if you're trying to get into Y Combinator, it's better to talk to me than someone that did it 10 years ago or five years ago, right? Because Y Combinator was different then, right? So um, I guess that's the long version of an answer to say that the way that we think about mentorship is um, is through all those lenses. Um, the only other thing that I didn't go deep on was around personal board of directors. Whenever you think about the ultimate version of, of yourself, if you don't have those skill sets and you, you don't want to just find mentors that are focused on your current skill set, you want to figure out what are the other areas of your life that you want to develop, not just as a professional, but also as a mental, as a spiritual, as an emotional, um, that can help you get to that level and then add those people there. They don't always have to be in your industry and you don't always have to ask someone to be your mentor. You could just check in with them. So I have one last question, um, I guess two questions. This last one is not one I, I always ask, but you uh, kind of live and breathe in this future of work, education, training, ISA world. And I, I largely do too. So I'd love to hear like your, uh, your, your predictions, let's say century long predictions, like in a hundred years, what does work look like if you have to take any crazy guesses? Yeah. Well, I think I like that you talk about things in a hundred years because that's how I think as well. Um, I'm fascinated with Japan because that's where uh, the majority, there's like over 200 companies that have all lasted for over a hundred years or something like that. Um, so I like to think about things that are timeless. I think the the future of work in, looks like free agency in sports in the in the future. Well, like for the people that don't don't watch sports, this may not connect. But if you think about how sports used to be, if you were a superstar and you were a hometown hero, you stuck with your team forever, right? And I don't think that that's the case anymore. You see people go like they might win some rings with one team, they win some rings with another team. They want some reason with another team. Maybe they become an announcer and maybe they buy a team in the future, right? And I think that like similar with talent going from team to team to team, that's that's going to be um, how people are going to be doing things. And if you think about these squads that we have in career karma, that's like a team. It's not just about having the best talent on a team that are all great. It's about chemistry and how they work well together. And if you think about what I said about mentors and and coaches people don't need managers anymore they need coaches right managers are for the company coaches are for people managers will fi fire you in the interest of the company coaches are going to do everything that they can to help you to become better the best version of yourself you can get cut best believe if you're not practicing and you're not watching film and you're not getting on the court playing games but they really take time to understand who you are to help you become your ultimate self. So I think in the future work, um, people will be doing what they love. I think companies will see vocational training as a viable, if not stronger, alternative to college as a source of talent. I think apprenticeships will be in vogue. I actually think ISAs are a temporary solution that are actually going to um, drive the cost of education down to zero, like it is in the rest of the world. Um, and you might see employer-funded training or some type of government coming in to fund training or something like that. So I think that like, since 
the cost of education is going to go down, what becomes valuable is not the school that you went to or the company you work for, but actually the network that you're tapped into or the networks that you're tapped into. Um, I think that um, where you live will matter less, right? So I think the 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 borders between countries are going to be less physical and more digital, right? So the only way that you all can actually connect, like technically global connectivity will give you access to the entire world, but because governments are going to recognize that physical borders like a wall are stupid and don't matter, that's a shot, by the way, um, then like governments are going to try to crack down on the internet, right? And be like, censor the, the internet in their countries and things like that. So I think we're going to see that. Um, and there's a bunch of other trends that I think you'll see, but I think um, because the world will be digitally connected, I think uh, people won't just be doing what they love. They'll be able to uniquely solve problems that they have personally experienced and will some really powerful things in this world. I actually think that Facebook's going to go the way of AOL. Um, it's still going to be a big, big company like Yahoo and things like that, but I actually think a new network is going to pop up. A um, bunch of other things, man. So, but yeah, that's, I think uh, I th I th if you look at all the companies that are going public, um, you know, the way that even founders think about VC money is going to be different. They're going to be more scrappy. They're not going to be raising a bunch of rounds and like, burning themselves and, and shareholder value will be not just about profit. It's going to be about like building something that actually solves a problem and helps people. You're going to see more innovations like long-term stock exchange popping up. Um, like our, our generation cares about these things more, right? It's not just about money. Money is a means. It's not an end. So if you think about money as a means, if you make a lot of money, what is the end? And for our generation, we want the end to be positive not just for ourselves, but for our people. That world that you just painted, that, that century from now you just painted, there's plenty of people listening to this podcast that are like, oh, like I'm into that. Like I want to build that or I want to get involved in that or I want to do this, but they haven't gotten started yet. They, they, they may not know the best step to, to, to get into starting a company or starting a nonprofit or something like that. What advice would you give to a listener listening to this who wants to get started, who wants to kind of, help build the world that we all want to live in, but doesn't necessarily know the best first step to get, make that happen. Yeah. I think you want to think big and start small. So like whatever the big vision that you have, it's like, for example, like career karma is not going to serve coding boot camps forever. Like we're coding boot camps are the beachhead market and we're going to serve coding boot camps the best that we can. We're going to be the single point of contact for anybody that wants to do not just a coding bootcamp, but any type of vocational training. But then we might get into other things after that as well. You know, so similarly, it took, but also before we started Career Karma, it took us like seven years working before we started Career Karma. So like, whenever you think about the idea that you want to start, you want to think about the skill set that you want to have before you get into starting a company and what you need to do in order to develop that skill. So I think most people that try to start companies don't understand how the game works. And I think you can't know how the game works unless you've played the game. And so I think working at a startup 
and working with people in these different roles for at least one to three years is going to give you insight in that regard. And while you're working at the startup, then you could build your, a side project that is related to that big vision that you have. And once that side project start, takes off and is bigger than your current job, then leave and then do that. All right. You all heard it here first from Ruben. Thank you so much, man, for, for popping on the podcast. This was very fascinating to hear your vision for career karma and just the future of work. And I appreciate you coming on. So thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, man. This was this was awesome. Uh, we love Phoenix. We go out there a lot. We actually have a lot of pro athletes or former athletes that are in Phoenix that are in career karma right now learning how to code. So. That's awesome. That's good to know. Well, next time you're out here, let me know. We can grab a drink or something.